Would you turn with me to two openings, please? Matthew 9 and Mark 9. Matthew 9, Mark 9. We've been on a a subject for some uh, weeks now. We call According to Your Faith. You ready to get some more? Good, because I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) Matthew 9, verse uh, 28. When Jesus came into the house, the blind men came to him. They had cried and asked for mercy. And Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Next verse. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them saying. See that no man know it. Is this a fairy tale? No. Is, did this really happen? Yes. You believe it? Yes. You weren't there. I wasn't there. And so it's just a choice. We either believe It's truth, or we don't. Faith is a choice. (laughs) I believe it. I'm convinced. Well, if this happened, this really happened, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then it can happen today, too. This can happen now. Because his will does not change. He does not change. His will does not change. But one of the big things we must understand is how it happened. Because it's going to happen the same way. Now that it happened then. Now if you believe what we just said. You're excited already. (laughs) Can this happen now, yes. today, yes. even here, yes. now, yes. today. Yes. If God is real, and Jesus is real, and the Bible is true, then it's so. We must de religiousize. <laughs> I don't know that that's even a word. <laughs> but you know the words we use now. Somebody made them up. <laughs> Sometime, somewhere. <laughs> we need to de-religiousize our concepts. When you read these things, you can read them like, oh yeah, I know that. No, no. This really happened. These guys came in the house. Jesus asked them this question. They responded, he touched them. And eyes that could not see saw. I think this is big stuff. What do you think? This is, now there are people who mock, make fun of us. and think, y'all are nuts. I mean, that's not real. It's not scientifically possible. It's not this, it's not that. Well, It is real. It is possible. You're just an unbeliever. And it doesn't happen for unbelievers. So it'll seem that your belief is self-confirming. You believe it's not real. And only works for believers. So it don't work for you. So it seems like what you believe is true. Come on, can you see this? These signs follow Them that believe. If it only works by faith. And you don't believe. Then I would explain why it's not working. When he said. Do you believe I'm able to do this. 
then you might think he'd have said, then according to my ability, my power, but he didn't say that. What did he say? According, not according to my anything, according to your faith. He said, here's how it's going. He said, do you believe this can happen? You believe the power can do it. You believe the anointing's on me. Yes, yes. Well, then here's how it's going to happen. You got to believe that God is real. You got to believe in the power of God. But you got to go beyond that. You got to go further than that. Just believing, I mean, the devils believe there is a God. And they believe He's powerful and they tremble. But they're not receiving healing or anything else. You got to go beyond that. You don't receive according to what God can do. Jesus said you're going to receive how? According to your faith. Go to Mark 9, please. Mark 9. The man brought his son to the disciples who had been having seizures, terribly tormented. And the disciples did everything they knew to get him set free, and he was no better. You know, no results doesn't prove the will of God. And I don't care who who they are. Somebody says, well, you know, so-and-so's prayed for me and I didn't get healed and so must not be God's will. Well, according to this, it's possible that the disciples of the Lamb could pray for you and it not work. (laughs) And it wouldn't mean it wasn't God's will because a few verses later, the boy gets delivered. No. Just because somebody prayed, you or whoever, and it didn't work, doesn't prove it's not the will of God. So Mark 9, 22, the, the man is telling Jesus, he said, oft times this has cast him into the fire, the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Is, is this man trying to put all the responsibility for his boy getting help on Jesus? Yes. And that's what people are doing today. They're trying to put all the responsibility for anything happening in your life on God. Well, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, or there's a play on the words, if you can Believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Now what we see from these two verses are two other verses. How many believe all things are possible with God? Do you believe that? Then you believe he is able to do it. Is that how you're going to receive? No. (laughs) No. You must also believe all things are possible to him that believes. Right? Because that's how you're going to receive. All things are possible with God. All things are possible to him that believes. Come on, can you see this? Yes, Yes, you need to believe that all things are possible with God. But if that's as far as you go, you don't receive. That's where many are. They believe God can do anything. But they also believe it's up to him. And Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say it's going to be according to the will of God. I'm going to pray for you. And then it's going to be according to the will of God. See the church. By and large. Has changed what Jesus said. They've changed according to your faith to according to his will. Is everybody listening? They've changed it. Preachers have changed it. Theologians have changed it. Denominations have changed it. They've changed it. It's a very sly, subtle change. And it sounds like you're magnifying God. Well, it's all up to God. We just It's all up to God's will. It's, but It can't be respectful of God when it completely contradicts what Jesus said. 
That's how the enemy works. Very subtle. Very crafty. Jesus told people not just once, not just twice. What did he tell them? As you have believed, so be it to you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. According to your faith. Did he say it? Not once, not twice, numerous times. According to your faith. According to your faith. According to what? Your faith. Not his will. If it wasn't his will, if he hadn't provided, if he hadn't told you about it, you couldn't believe for it. But once he has, it's not according to his will anymore. Now we know this when it comes to being born again. We know this. People that are lost, running from God, unbelievers, are they waiting on God's timing to save them? No. There's no way it's God's will to live in sin another 10 years before you come to Jesus and get right. Anybody believe that's the will of God? No. Well, are they waiting on the will of God? They're waiting on the timing of God. No, is it not true that salvation has already been bought? It's already been paid for. It's already been provided. And they could receive it any time they want to. Is that right? They could, they could have received it 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Right? They can receive it right now. To say I'm waiting on God's timing is a lie. To say I'm waiting on the will of God is a lie. Well, if it's true concerning the most important miracle, why wouldn't it be true concerning lesser things? It's the same. It all works the same. He said that the good news says, Jesus said, if you yourself can, everything is possible for the person who has faith. Everything is possible. That means that what you thought was impossible is possible. That means it's possible. No matter what's wrong has been wrong in your body. It's possible to be completely healed and whole and strong. Is is that true or not? That means no matter how big of a mess your finances are in, it's possible to pay everything off, get completely out of debt, have money in the bank, money in your pocket, have a peel-off roll. Somebody say, what? what? Peel-off roll. What's a peel-off roll? Peel-off roll is a roll of $100 bills. And you can just peel one off. Or two or three. You don't don't need them for anything else. You can just peel off a few and say, no, let me buy dinner. No, let me buy you a new dress. Let me buy you a new suit. No, let me fill up your car. Peel-off roll. Everybody needs a peel-off roll. Sure you do. (laughs) You should agree with it. You should agree. But you know, if you owe everybody in the country, you shouldn't be going around doing that, you know. You should pay what you owe. But I'm talking about you've already paid everything you owe. You've paid off everything. Got money in the bank. And... And got to peel off rope. <laughs> Is God that big? Is God that real? Is God that good? Would he do that for you? Would he do that? He will. He will. Can it happen for anybody? No. Only those <laughs> who will believe. It doesn't happen for everybody. It only happens for those that believe. <laughs> Glory to God. One of the ways you can tell that your faith is coming up, your joy comes up. Depression is a sign of unbelief. Depression is an indicator of doubt, fear, unbelief. The Lord gave me this phrase some years ago. He said, doubt despairs 
complains and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. (laughs) Sit out loud with me. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Tell me what faith does. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Why would you be glad? Because you believe in something good. You've received something good by faith. You're expecting something good. What do you got to be depressed about? Even if it's bad, 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 it's momentary. You're coming out. Right? You're coming out. You're coming through. And you're coming out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me, please, to Mark, the fifth chapter. Now, in earlier study, we saw that when the disciples asked Jesus, they said, increase our faith. Anybody remember that just, just a few days ago? Increase our faith. What did he say to them? He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd do what? You would say. You would say. So now they... Uh, they must have thought they had some faith. They didn't just say, give us some faith. What did they say? Increase our faith. And he didn't just say, come over here and line up, and I'm going to give you some. <laughs> uh-uh. What did he say? What's the key to increased faith? Using what you have. And what's the number one way that you release faith or use faith through what you say? It's how God created the heavens and the earth. It's how you got born again. You believed it in your heart and then what? You said it with your mouth. You believed in your heart. God has raised Jesus from the dead. You confessed with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and you're born again. You released faith that allowed the power. You released faith out of your heart and power came into your heart. Can you see that? When you released the faith, power came in. And again, you weren't waiting on God for a special time. How many of you could have got born again before you did? Years before you did. You weren't waiting on God. Wonder if that's true about anything else. It is true about many things. Well, he said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, that's one of the smallest things he could talk to them about because they didn't have microscopes. So he couldn't talk to them about atoms. But one of the smallest things they they were aware of in daily life was a seed, and the mustard seed was one of the smallest of seeds. Tiny little thing, and they knew how big it could get. It could become what you'd call a small little tree. Birds could build a nest in it, and it started from that. He said, that's how faith is, and that's how the kingdom of God works. In another place, he said, that's how the kingdom of operates. Kingdom of God operates. He said, it's also like leaven. A little bit gets in, Starts working, starts working, and it'll work through the whole batch of dough. And so instead of begging for more faith, what's the key? Use what you've got. And it'll start working through you. It'll start developing. It'll start expanding. It'll start enlarging. And what's the number one way you use it? You say it. Not just empty words, but words you believe, words you expect to come to pass. Hallelujah. We need to be speaking faith on a daily basis. If something's not working in your life, body parts not working, you need to be talking to it. You say, kidneys, listen to me. (laughs) You're my kidneys. 
And in this body, I have authority. Right? I don't have authority over your body, but you have authority over your body. Talk to it. Kidneys function perfectly. Lungs clear up. Now, you don't just say it mindlessly. You say it believing that when you release faith, it causes power to work. Just like Jesus functioned. Just like he operated when he was in the earth. Now, you'll see this in Mark, the fifth chapter. Mark 5 and 22. Behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now you see why this story is in the book. (laughs) What did he say? If you'll come and pray for her, and we'll see if it's the will of God. Uh-oh. You come, pray for her, and we hope she gets better. That's not faith. What do you say? Now today, if most Christians hear me talking that way, she will live. They go, oh, you better say if it be thy will, because you don't know. People think faith is arrogance, presumption, because the church has gotten so far away from it. She shall live. Now, this, he said this while she's still at the point of death. Jesus went with him. Why? He always responds to faith. I said he always responds to faith. The man came and said, if you come, lay hands on my little girl, she'll live. She'll live. You see. He said, let's go. Let's go. Why? Got something to work with here. Is that right? Not begging and crying and pleading. We don't know and we hope so. She'll live. All right, let's get to it. Went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. Now, is this a fairy tale? This is very specific description. This is not a similitude. This is not a parable. This is not like unto a certain woman. Specific condition. Right? Now, how many believe this? this is a historically accurate record something happened many years ago not only that it's inspired of God now think of her condition it said she had an issue of blood we'd call it today a hemorrhage she's bleeding and they can't stop it and this went on for how long over a decade I mean, a year would be a long time. Twelve years. And she has spent everything she has, all her living, other translations say, other passages. This is also in, in Matthew. This is also in Luke. All her living. One said her life's savings. She spent everything she's got on treatments. And Uh, back up and look at it again suffered many things of many physicians spent all that she had so she went to a lot of different doctors and she had a lot of different procedures and it wiped her out financially is this the will of God wasn't the will of God then it's not the will of God now now don't misunderstand me I have great respect for the medical profession They're fighting the same thing we are. They're doing it from the natural. We should be doing it from the spiritual. How many in here been helped by a doctor or by a nurse, by a medicine? Well, then we don't want any hypocrisy going on then, do we? (laughs) We're thankful. But 
all too often a doctor, a nurse, specialist, whoever, can look at you and say, there's nothing more can be done. Right? We've done everything we know to do. This has no cure. This can't be, you can't recover. You can't, well, if they understood, they wouldn't say it can't be cured. They'd say, we can't fix it. But it can be cured. I said it can be. I don't care if it's the last stages of whatever. When you're talking about the power of God, it doesn't matter. If you're in the last stages of something and you find out when man tells you there is no treatment, there is no cure, and you find out, well, actually there is. (laughs) There is. There is a treatment. And actually, you don't even have to pay for it. The price has already been paid. It's already been paid for. (laughs) Now, when you start talking like that, a lot of people go, ah, that's just those religious nuts, those faith healing folks. It's real. It is real. Now, unbelievers won't experience it. But for those that will believe, I said those that will believe, what happened for this woman? What happened for Jairus' daughter? What happened for those two blind men still happens today. I said it still happens today. If God is real, if Jesus is real, and his will is still his will, no respect to a person's, then what he did for her, he'll do for you. Come on, say that loud. What he did for her, he'll do for me. But then I got to do what she did, right? I've got to do what she did, too. She's been through it. Now, you know, there's a lot of procedures today that are quite painful. Can you imagine back then? (laughs) Whoo. And if the Lord tarries is coming 50 years from now. People look back during our time and shake their head. Go, they did what to you? (laughs) They did what? But it's, you know, they're practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And I thank God for them. Anybody with me? I thank God for them. I mean, it's it's an honorable occupation. We got some outstanding people in these fields. I thank God for them. But God did not give us man's limited knowledge and ability to replace his unfailing healing power. No, he did not. They are a natural means of help. And you should, it's fine to let people help you, but don't just do it without faith. Even if a doctor is helping you, add faith to it. And it'll just work so much better and so much quicker. I know uh, Brother Hagen, my father in the faith who's in heaven now, he said uh, he had a a visitation of the Lord and said the Lord, among other things, said to him, anytime, he said, one of my people has an operation, has some kind of a treatment, he said, ask me to speed up the healing process working in them. Did everybody hear that? You know, if somebody has a surgery or procedure performed on them, that did not heal them. It actually caused some damage. Now, it may have removed a problem, but once that has been removed or corrected, now what needs to happen? You need to heal. A man can't heal you. No matter what a man does to you, when they get through, you still need to be healed. Healing. And God has put a certain amount of healing in every body, physical body, so that you scrape your elbow, you scrape your knee, what happens? It heals up. God put that, that's healing power. He put that in there to maintain us, to sustain us. But where that came from, there's a whole lot more. The normal process working in you, he can double it. He can triple it. He can quadruple it. He can multiply it times ten. Or a hundred. 
And what would normally take three weeks happened in three days. Come on, are you with me? What, what, you, what they say, well, you normally, it might take you years to get over that. And in two weeks, you're good as new. Amen. Got people scratching their heads going, how did this happen? And yet you did. You went to the doctor or you had a procedure. No, don't. it's not just either or. You are to use some faith no matter where you're at. No matter what you're doing. And don't you dare let them roll you into a cold operating room unconscious. Without releasing some faith. You ask the Lord. Lord, I pray your hand on them. I I pray your anointing on their hands and on their eyes and on their equipment. You guide them. Help them to do the best procedure they have ever done. Keep them back from making any mistake. Come on, are you with me? And you release faith for that. And then afterwards, you ask the Lord to speed up the healing process working in you. And you'll sail right through it. You'll avoid complications. You'll avoid problems. And you'll recover so much quicker and better completely. But what do you do when man can't help you? When there is no procedure. When you've done everything and now they say we can give you something to make you more comfortable. But this is, you know, it's it's terminal. It's incurable. Is it? They're talking about what they know. What they can do. This woman was there. I mean, I I don't know that you'd call it terminal. But at the very least, it'd probably shorten her life. But incurable. They can't stop the bleeding. Twelve years. Every kind of procedure. Every kind of treatment. And I want you to notice... When it all changed. (laughs) Verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus. Everything changed. Everything changed. When she heard of Jesus. What did she hear? Now if you read this before. You know faith is a factor in what's about to happen here. How does faith come? What did she hear? When, when did she get her faith? Right here. What did she hear? She heard, another translation said she heard of the things concerning Jesus. She heard of the things about Jesus. What did she hear? Well, you see other places where it says the fame of him was spread abroad. Of what? Acts 10 talks about it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. What did she hear? She heard about other healings. She heard about deliverances. She heard about miracles. She heard he'd been over here in this town and people got healed. And somebody knew somebody that knew somebody that got healed in that meeting. And they told her, did you hear about that? What? Jesus. There's a prophet. They didn't know he was the the son of God. There's a prophet named Jesus. And he was over there the other day for two weeks. And there must have been 10,000 people got healed over there. What? Yeah, I had a cousin who's got a friend who was in that meeting. (laughs) And their leg didn't work right for the last three years. And they're walking just fine now. Say, what? Yeah, I'm telling you. And then my neighbor that works over at such and such, they went over there and they'd had a chronic cough for, I don't know, last six months. Just as clear as a bell now, healed as can be. That's what she heard. She heard about other healings. That's all it takes to get enough faith to be healed of an incurable condition. That's all it takes. Some folks have thought you gotta you gotta be able to quote half the New Testament. You know, you gotta at least go to one or two Bible schools. And no, probably this woman couldn't even read. Back in this day, most people couldn't even read. Didn't say she spent three years in Bible school. Didn't say she learned how to 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 read uh, 
Hebrew and Greek and Chaldean and Aramaic and whatever. What? Help me out. What, what happened to her? She heard about Jesus. She heard what Jesus was doing. And somehow made the leap in her that, well, if it could happen for them. Uh, if, it, if it could happen for them. What? What 12 years of doctors and treatments and procedures and money couldn't do. I believe it could, I believe it could happen. What? What? She also heard about the anointing. Someone said, how do you know? I know from any number of ways. Luke 4, Jesus preached this. We have reason to believe he took this text in numerous places and found it and read it and said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. Right? And he'd talk about the anointing. That's why when he got through preaching, people wanted to touch him. Why? Because he kept talking about the anointing. He kept talking about that power. When did this happen? When he was baptized in the river. And he came up out of the water. And the Holy Spirit came down in a bodily shape and form as a dove. And it sat on him. And the scripture said it remained on him. Hallelujah. And immediately after that, you know, he was tempted in the wilderness for those 40 days. But right after that, it said he came out in the power of the Spirit. And immediately things begin to happen. Hallelujah. Now you got no record of any miracles or any healings by his hand or prayer prior to this. You'll have some apocryphal writings. Got Jesus raising little birds from the dead when he's a child or healing his little play friend. Don't you believe it? I said, don't you believe it? It's not true. That's acting like he's functioning as God in human form. It's not true. It's error. The Bible said the first miracle that happened was the turning of water into wine. That's after he was baptized in the river and the Holy Spirit came on him. Why? We just got through quoting it. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. If you're operating as God, you don't need to be anointed. But if you're operating as a man, you need to be anointed. And he began to function. And he'd talk about that anointing. And he'd talk about that power. And so these people, the word had gotten back to this woman. Somebody said, yeah, you know, when he laid hands on her, she said the power just went right through her. Is that right? Yeah. And then she was healed. And, and, and when, when he touched him, glory to God, that, that lungs just cleared up. He heard stories about the anointing. She heard stories about the power in these meetings, healings and deliverances. Paul said in the scripture, he said, well, let's just, just hold your place here and go there. In 1 Corinthians, second chapter, verse 1, 1 Corinthians 2, 1, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's what was happening in Jesus' ministry. Demonstration of the Spirit. Manifestation of the Spirit's presence and power. Somebody say demonstration. demonstration. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. And, power. and power. And power. Why? Verse 5. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The New Testament warns us in the last days there'd be those who would have a form of godliness, but would deny what? The power. As long as you're talking and you're talking wisdom and understanding about redemption and about the plan of God, fine, but don't talk about the power. The power. Oh, no, y'all are getting eccentric now. Y'all are getting off. Y'all are getting extreme. Really? Our faith is not just supposed to be in men's talk and ideas. Our faith is in the power of God. Now, words are important. You know that. 
but it's a vehicle that God uses to get faith in you. It wasn't just talk that got you born again. It was the power of God that caused you to be born again. And it's not just talk. Talk, talk, talk. It's the power of God that heals your body, that sets your mind free. Somebody say, I have faith. I have faith in the power of God. Come on, say that out loud another couple of times. Say it with me. I have faith in the power of God. Another time. I have faith in the power of God. Not just in people's talking ideas and their take on religion. And I have faith in the power. The power changes things. There's a lot of people who don't. They have a form of godliness, but they deny. You start talking about power, they're like, what? You felt something? Yeah. <laughs> it did a miracle? What? Oh, that's strange. Shouldn't be. It's the Bible. It's the New Testament. It's how it's always been. Power. It was power that split the Red Sea. It was power that caused fire to fall and burn up the sacrifices with Elijah. Power. Power that shut the lion's mouths. Power that sustained the three Hebrew children in the midst of the fiery furnace. Somebody say power, power, power. It was power that healed these people's bodies, raised the dead in Jesus' ministry, and raised him from the dead. Somebody say power, power, power. I have faith in the power. It shouldn't be strange to us. For centuries, nobody believed in electricity. Anybody that tried to describe it, even scientists were ridiculed. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? Yeah, there's power in the air. And if you just know how to harness it, it could do things. People go, you're nuts. You're loopy. But was it right? I mean, you you know, you can drag your foot across the carpet and touch something. What? Power. Well, where'd that come from? It's here. It's here. And over the centuries, God's allowed man to have knowledge. We've been able to harness it. We got it running our lights right now. Is that right? Running our air conditioning, running our TV stuff. Power. Power. Well, God put it here. He has power. Healing power. Well, when this woman, go back to Mark 5, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and did what? Touched his garment. Others say his robe. Others say the hem. The, the border. Of his clothes. She touched his clothes. When she heard of Jesus. She didn't just have a dead faith. Sat in her house and thought. Isn't that something? <laughs> eh, what do people talking about those meetings? That is, that is something else. <laughs> Reckon it could be so. No. She decided. That's, that's true. And I'm going to go get me. Some of that. And in her weakened memory, she's been through everything in the world for 12 years, constantly bleeding. She's got to be weak in her weakened, sick condition. She gets herself up, gets herself dressed, gets out the door, finds out where Jesus is. And when she gets there, there's this massive crowd, massive crowd. And she has to push. And, and shove an inch and get through and push and get through and push. You reckon she felt like doing that? No. A lot of folks would have said, I don't like being around crowds and, and I feel so bad. Well, stay at home and die. I'm serious. That's it. No faith, no receive. Because you already know the doctors can't help you. No, 
When you start believing, you stop making excuses. I said, when you start believing, you stop making excuses. She got up. She pushed her way through and touched the hem of his garment. Verse 28. For she said, she what? She She what? Is her faith dead? No. No. How do we know it's living faith? Because she said and she touched. She said and she did. She believed it so much, it got her up, it got her dressed, it got her out of the house, it got her to find him, it got her through the crowd, it got her to touch, it got her to say. If you believe it and you act on it, that's when things happen. She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Another translation said she kept saying it. She kept saying it. Back up and look at what she's saying. She's pushing through. If I can just touch. 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 If I if I can if I can touch. If I can touch. If I can if I can touch. If I can just touch. I'm gonna be healed. 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 Yeah, but what if it's not the will of God? What if it's not God's timing? What if God's teaching her something through this hemorrhage? Thank God nobody told her that. Jesus is not having a healing meeting. He's just going down the road. She didn't even ask if it'd be okay. She just came and took a healing. If I can touch, I'll be whole. If I can touch, I'll be whole. Keep going. And straightway, how did she receive? According to her faith. What did her faith say? When I touch. Well, come on, everybody listening? When I touch, I'll be healed. What happened? When she touched, she was healed. When? When she touched. When she said she's going to be healed. When she touched. When was she healed? When she touched. What did she say? When I touch, I'll be healed. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that what she had been going through for the last 12 years and nobody could help her with and no money could fix, she was healed of that plague. Happy day. Happy day. Oh, somebody say healed, healed. Heal. Glory to God. Keep going. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, that's the word for dunamis, power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Very specific. Not who touched me, who touched my clothes. Because why? Because that's what she did. Why did she do that? Because that's what she said. If I just touch his clothes. How much faith does it take? If I can just touch his clothes. He said, somebody touch my clothes. He perceived. The disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and sayest thou who touched me. Now here we see how precious and rare faith actually is. How many people touched him that day? How many of them were healed and delivered that we know of? Just going down the road with all these people touching him. We have no other record. We'd have to add to the scriptures. Could those other people have believed and received? Was the power there? Latent, not manifesting, but it was there. Just like the power to be saved is in every meeting. Don't even have to be in a meeting. Is that right? You can be on the side of the road That's right. by yourself. Kneel down and accept Jesus. The power of God will work right there. Cause you to be born again. It's like electricity is everywhere. They said, Motu's thronging you. What are you saying? Who touched me? He looked around about. He acted like he didn't even hear them. He said, who was it? Who touched me? And if you read the other accounts, it said, when all denied. Well, that's everybody. And we know people are touching them everywhere. So we got a bunch of liars in the crowd. (laughs) 
Who touched me? And everybody's going, I know. I don't know. I didn't know. Uh-uh, no. And I guess he must have seen her and she went, mm. What? But he wouldn't quit. He said, come on. Who touched me? Somebody touched me. I know it. I know it. And and, and the disciples are going, Master, what do you mean? He said, somebody touched me. Who touched me? Come on. Come on, talk to me. Who touched me? And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, See, she didn't even ask. He's not having a healing meeting. He didn't ask for anybody to come up to be prayed for. She didn't ask if it was the will of God. She didn't ask anything. She just came and took one. And probably the reason she's so reluctant is she's thinking, maybe he wants it back. Oh, I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't even ask. And she's having all these thoughts. I don't want to lose it. So he said, no. She came, fell down before him, told him all the truth. And he said, mm, it's not always the will of God now. You shouldn't just come in here, assume, no, 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 no. I can see him smiling. Can you, daughter? Your faith. What did he say? Well, we know it was the power that caused the work, but he didn't even, even emphasize the power. He didn't talk about the anointing that was on him. He didn't talk about the will of God. Why? Because it was just the power everybody that would have touched accidentally would have been healed too. If it was just the will of God, it would have happened for everybody. Why did it happen for her? Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your play. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.